there we go. <laughs> we never see the behind the scenes of a selfie. You know, they might look good and things like that, but it might have taken them two hours or something like that to get ready for that one picture. So during the next few weeks, hopefully we can, you know, kind of let go of this self-image too, right? Because it's just all about, it's all about me, right? And to break that down, we have to have seriously a death to selfie or death to self. And it starts with us. And again, the idea is it's all about me, right? It's all about me. We live in a me-first world. Am I right? Raise your hand. Yes? Anybody agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, right? That's our mentality. And we base it off of sometimes, too, like in our, in our perception of ourselves, right? We always got to look good. It's always about what we wear, what we drive, the house we own, the job we have. We feel like that defines really who we are and even our physique. And honestly, we are born with a mine or me mentality. mentality. And if you don't believe me, you've never had a toddler. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Will's one of those that just doesn't understand, right? A toddler. A toddler, right? Because what do they do with their siblings? Oh, that's mine. I want it. I want to take it. I didn't have to teach him that. I had to teach him how to say please and thank you and sorry. The other words, but mine, it's all about me. Look at me. And that's the idea of the selfie. Now, this is the image that the world has created for us. And so how can we have a God-first mentality in a me-first world? First, we've got to adapt the way that, God's, that God thinks. Matthew 20, 16 says, So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Now, this is the complete opposite of, the world, of what the world teaches, right? This is complete opposite. Anybody remember Talladega Nights? Help me, Ricky Bob, or help me, Tom Cruise, I'm on fire, right? Yeah. No, but what does his dad say to him in that movie? Anybody remember what his dad says to him in that movie? Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. And again, this is just what the world teaches us. And we've got to transition that. Because being all about me and me first, it's hard. There's so much energy that goes into pouring in and lifting up myself and promoting myself and trying to do everything myself. So much goes into that, and it's just so much work, and it's just not even worth it. Jesus tells us, for what does it benefit for someone if he gains the whole world and yet loses himself? See, we can gain things of this world, but we're really, when we start to gain those things, that nice car, those nice clothes, that nice house, this amazing job, we really start to break down and lose who we really are and our identity with God. So tonight we're going to look at a man who has been struggling with the identity of himself. And that person... Anybody guesses who that person we're looking at tonight? Jacob. That's right. We're going to look at Jacob. If you have your Bible tonight, uh, we're going to look from Genesis 25 to Genesis 32. You can open your Bible, turn your Bible on, however you have your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it. I'm going to have a screen here, and I'm going to try to keep up with myself. So we'll have that. So I, I, I've gone to college and, and, and studied Old Testament theology and things. And one of the, I, when I went through school, all right, two things came up when you study the Old Testament. One, where is Jesus in the Old Testament? Or where can you find the gospel message in the Old Testament? And two, put yourself in the story 
Anybody read like nonfiction books or fiction books, you know, right? What do you do? You put yourself in the story as you're reading. You're the main character. It's all about you because then you get more intrigued with it. So let's do that today. So when you came in, everybody got your name tags, right? All right, so real quick, turn to your neighbors and introduce yourself. Say, hello, my name is Jacob. Hello. Hello, my name is Jacob. Turn to your neighbors. It's okay. Hello, my name is Jacob. Hello. Well, now this raises a really good question, though, don't it? Who is Jacob? Who is he? I believe many of us are familiar with the story of Jacob and Esau. Yeah? Yeah, we're pretty familiar with that. Well, over the next few weeks, we're actually going to study and examine them just a little bit closer. Um, So Isaac and Rebecca, yep, that's what I'm calling the series tonight, Call Me Jacob. I'm going to keep up with myself tonight. (laughs) So now Isaac and Rebecca are about to have children, okay, and that's where we're going to begin our study tonight. All right, so in Genesis 25, verses 24 to 26, it says, when her time came to give birth, there were indeed twins in her womb. The first one came out red-looking, covered with hair, uh, like a fur coat, and they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out grasping Esau's heel with his hand, so they, he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. Now, what does Jacob mean? Esau, you know, comes from the, the term red, right? That's where the, city, uh, the nation of Edom comes from, and that's where they get Esau. But Jacob, they go from Esau to Jacob. Jacob actually means heel grabber. That's what it means, because he came out grabbing his brother's heel. Another translation you can say to that is a deceiver. Modern-day translation, a liar. Any liars in here tonight? If you're not raising your hand, you're already lying to me. So you can go ahead and raise your hand. But it's crazy to see sometimes just how influential names are in the Old Testament. So here's Jacob, the second born, which is actually not a great spot, right, for him to be in. Because the firstborn is the heir, right? He's the one that gets the majority of the land. You know, the second born gets just like a little sliver of the piece of the pie. So we want to, even in the beginning, Jacob is wrestling and wants to be first. He's already, again, unconscious and unaware of really what's going on in the world, and already he's trying to put himself first. Like, Esau, you get back in here, and I'm coming out first. I want that. That's the me first mentality. So, so we know what kind of what comes next with Jacob and Esau after he's born. We, we understand his name, right? We are deceivers. We are liars. That is who we are. We all agree on that? Yeah, we can. So, again, the second born gets nothing. So what happens kind of next in the story? We're going to kind of skim ahead here. Esau ends up trading his birthright for some beans, which we'll get to next week. Um, so make sure you come back for that. But um, the me- next big thing that happens, right, for Jacob is to receive the blessing from his father. But he does this in a not-so-traditional fashioned way. Because, again, he's the second born. He, he's, he's not allowed to get the blessing. It's Esau, but Jacob steals it from him. So in Genesis 27, 1 through 4, we see this encounter happen. So we're going to go through this here real quick. So when Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could not see, he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son, my son, he answered him, my son. Sorry, I watched Godfather this weekend. I kind of feel like this is where this is going. Look, I am old now, and I do not know the day of my death. 
So now take the hunting gear and quiver and bow and go out into the field and hunt some game for me. Then make a delicious meal that I love and bring it to me so we can eat it and I can bless you before I die. Imagine an old man doing that. Anyway, so Isaac is close to his death. He can't really see very well what's going on. You know, he's probably really old at this time, which we'll get to that in a little bit. They didn't have glasses back then, so he couldn't really see what was going on either. But he knows his time is near, so he sends Esau. Now Esau is the big one, right? Remember when he was born, he was born with fur. He's a man's man. Big, strong. I'm going to go hunt something. Right? Remember Tim the Toolman Taylor? No? Okay. Jacob, though, is the complete opposite. Right? Jacob was a, oh, Jacob was a quiet man who stayed at home. Put it, put it simply, Jacob was a mama's boy and stayed in the tents with the ladies. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a mama's boy. I'm a mama's boy, so it's okay, right? It's okay to be a mama's boy. Nothing wrong with that. Now, there's the context laid out for everybody and everything. So Isaac sends Esau out to go hunt some game um, so he can receive the blessing and get the name. That's the important thing. Now, Rebecca, though, oh, you moms, hmm, she's listening in on the conversation. So when she hears Esau leave, she goes back to Jacob, his mama's boy, right? And she's like, hey, guess what? And we'll pick up there. Rebecca said to her son Jacob, listen, I heard your father's talking with your brother Esau. He said, bring me game and make a delicious meal for me to eat so that I can bless you in the name of the Lord's presence before I die. And she tells him, now my son, listen to me and do what I tell you. Go to the flock and bring me two choice young goats and I will make them into a delicious meal for your father, the kind he loves. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. Mama's playing favorites. Any moms guilty of that? No, don't raise your hands on that one. Come on. I have my favorite daughter. That's all I've got. I only have one daughter, but... Anyway, Jacob kind of talks back to his mom. He's kind of like, I don't know, mom. It's kind of weird. Again, I'm going to keep up with myself. She says, look, my brother Esau is a hairy man, but I'm a man with smooth skin, right? Not, probably not much hair. Suppose my father touches me, then I will be revealed to him as a deceiver and bring a curse rather than a blessing on myself. Rebecca's like, that's fine. The curse will be on me if that should happen. So what does he do? He goes out, he gets the game, right, and they dress him up. Now, can we, can we pause here for a moment and kind of grasp some of this? In Sunday school, when we, anybody go to Sunday school when they were young? There's a few hands for that one. How did we perceive Jacob? Right? Did we think, he's probably my age, right? This is the image that we were all taught in Sunday school. Yeah? Probably in his 30s, maybe a little bit younger as he goes to deceive his father. There he is deceiving his father. You can see he's wearing all the fur around his stuff and trying to get the blessing. There's, of course, mom in the background like, yes, my favorites. Reality check. Jacob was 70 years old when this happened. 70 years old. Still listening to his mama. Man, I wish I could live to that. But we often blame his mom for the deception. He's 70 years old. 
He should know better at this point, right? Can we all agree that he should know better? Come on. Jacob, you're better than that. So anyway, he goes to his father. Now when he came to his father, he said, My father, and he answered, Here I am. You know, again, the Godfather tone, if I can do it right. Who are you, my son? Jacob replied to his father, This is important. I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may bless me. Anybody guilty of doing something like this? No? Getting dressed up to pretend to be somebody you're not? No? No, not us, right? You probably don't realize it, but you have. And you probably don't realize it because you've been taught to do this. By who? Your mom. She, she gets it over there, yeah. <laughs> right? Because what happens when you got to church when you were young? What did your mom say? Nathaniel, you better be on your best behavior today. Don't let anybody know that you're acting up and going crazy, right? My grandma always taught me I had to look my best when I came to church on Sunday. Or my favorite, I've, I've, I'm guilty of doing this. You know, you finally get to the church, you sit in the parking lot, kids are in the back, like, you better be on your best behaviors today. I swear, we're going to act like a normal, loving, happy family. <laughs> Anybody said those words before? Those words come out of my mouth way too often. And the dad's usually like, yes, listen to your mother as he's trying to do something. But this is what we do. We put on what I like to call the Christian mask. Right? We put on the Christian mask. And I'm going to break this down a little bit for you, right? Why do we come to church? Why do we come to church? Worship, right? But like Jacob, too, we come to church for a blessing. We want to be blessed in the presence of the Lord, right? We want to get a blessing. The same way that Jacob wanted to get a blessing from his father, we want to get a blessing from our Heavenly Father. Why? So we can feel better about ourselves and go about our week and about our day. So what do we do? What happens? Right? We struggle all week long. Well, the week is long, isn't it? Praise God for refill on Wednesday nights. Anyway. But we struggle all week, and we put on this Christian mask, and when we come to church, and we pretend like everything is okay. Because when somebody asks, how are you doing, what do you say? I'm great. The Lord has blessed me. Let me tell you. Oh, it's just been a great week. When in fact, in reality, you're a deceiver, and you're struggling to make your mortgage, you're struggling to make car payments, right? The kids are just driving you crazy, and your youngest is teething. And you're just like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Please, nobody talk to me. I'm just going to come in and sit and just try to get my blessing. But when somebody asks you that question, you're just, great. It is great. In reality, you're just broken down, and so much anxiety is on you. Sometimes even, too, we're afraid that we might get fired, the dishwasher's broke, and we're just praying that for this next hour while I'm at church, that God blesses me with an hour of peace. Please. I need it. <laughs> but what we do is we put on the mask that hides reality. It hides who we really are. We, like we were talking about earlier in the selfies, put on our best to try to hide our worst to try to hide 
who we really are. The same way that Jacob deceived his father to try to get a blessing. But we can't get a blessing if we aren't honest about who we really are. And what do I mean? Well, let's fast forward in the story a little bit here. Jacob obviously now has to run from his brother, right? Because Jace, Jacob, or <laughs> Esau is a man's man, right? He's a big guy, big hairy man, and Jacob's this little scrawny dude. His brother's going to kill him. So Rebecca's like, look, just go to my brother's house, just kind of hide there for a little while, it'll be okay. So he goes and he gets a few wives. That's a difficult discussion in a Presbyterian church, but we'll cover that maybe another time. But after a few years, he comes back to meet his brother Esau. Time has flown. Things are going on. He's traveling with his family back to his father's house. Now some credit here, having five kids myself, Jacob traveled a large distance with multiple children, multiple wives, and they did it by feet and donkeys. I struggled to get my kids to go 20 minutes down the road in my car. Anybody else struggle with that one, right? All right. But anyway, Jacob now is scared to come back and to meet his brother. So what does he do? He's like, oh, I'm, I got this. I'm going to smooth this over. I'm going to just kind of smooth my brother over a little bit. I'm going to send my family on ahead of me and let him meet them first. And after he's met them and fell in love with my amazing family, who's perfect and great, then when I get there, he'll have pity on me. So that's what he does. Jacob sends his family on ahead to meet his brother Esau, and he spends the night on the mountain all alone. It's an old man, right? Because he was 70 when he deceived his, his father, right? So this is where we pick up in our story. Genesis 32, 24 to 26. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. Then he said to Jacob, let me go, for it is daybreak. Now, two things here real quick, pause. Um, Jacob is 96 years old at this point. Yes, let's let that sink in. Here's a 96-year-old man wrestling on a mountain on the hill with, when he has no business doing that. But second, the man, who is he wrestling with? Now, later on, we're going to find out that Jacob is wrestling with an angel, or some perceive it to be Jesus, or, or an angel of the Lord. But we know that, again, like I said, because of what happened. But anyway, Jacob is still wrestling. He's been wrestling all of his life, right? He was wrestling from the womb to try to be the first one out. He probably had to fight so hard being a mama's boy and staying in the tents that he didn't fit in with the other boys. So he's probably been fighting and wrestling with that. He had to fight to get the blessing from his father. And here he is probably now, again, fighting on the mountain. I love this statement that Jacob says. So after they fight, right? So again, let me go for it as daybreak. Jacob says to him, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That is such a strong powerful statement. I won't let you go until you bless me. I'm not letting go of you. My hip's dislocated. I'm 96 years old, and we're fighting on a mountain, but I'm not going to let go until you bless me. So the man asks him a very important question. What is your name? What is your name? So pause here again. Um, they've been wrestling all night. Morning's here. And he's just now asking him his name? 
I have Old Testament is really weird back then, right? Anyway, but what is Jacob going to do? Right? Because the last time he tried to get a blessing, what did we say we were? Who were we? Esau. He lied about who he was and he didn't get the blessing. He's a broken down old man who's probably tired of fighting, tired of wrestling, tired of deceiving, and he just finally, finally comes clean. He says, my name is Jacob. The man says, your name will no longer be Jacob. He said, it will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. This is powerful because he's gone from Jacob the deceiver to Israel the triumphant with God. That's what Israel means in Hebrew. It is triumphant with God. Jacob's been wrestling with God and with men his whole life, just looking for a blessing, looking for a break, looking for just that little piece of the pie. But he couldn't get it until he was who he says he was. By being honest to God with who he really was. So my question for you today is, are you being honest with God? I'll let that sink in. Are you being honest with God today about who you are? Are you struggling with something and wrestling with God? I found a great place to come to for that then. You got an issue that's going on and you won't let go until God blesses you? All you got to do is just be honest with Him. Don't, don't hide anymore who you are. You all are children of God. Don't hide who you are. So it's, it's not what you think of yourself or what the world thinks of you. It's how God sees you. He knows who you are. He just wants you to tell him so he can bless you. He really wants to bless you. And don't think that God can bless you because of your past. He can't, don't think that he can't bless you because of, of what you've done in your past. I've gone... You just don't know what I've done, Nate. It's just been really bad. No, it doesn't matter. Because God's going to use your past as a blessing. And I'm going to show you the example here in Exodus 3. God is commissioning Moses in Exodus 3 to go and free the Israelites. And Moses is like, well, how am I going to tell them who you are? Right? We're all familiar with this, right? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am sent to you. I, I am sent me to you. I spelled that wrong. God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and who? The God of Jacob. He didn't say the God of Israel. He used his deceiver name. He used the liar name. He used his past to tell the Israelites who he was. Because he's not the God of the future, he's the God of your past as well. And he's going to use it as a blessing for you. Now there's 20 chapters that go between when Jacob got his new name and this chapter here. I looked it up. I spent like 20 minutes trying to figure this out. My math was not going great for me. But he used his old name. That's a blessing. Why does he do that? Because God can use anyone anywhere, at any time, 
to do something amazing. God will use that past that you have as a blessing. And it's going to hurt when you go through that. I would be the first. My testimony spits that out completely as to the things that I've gone through to get to where I am today, but only to see that God was there in the midst of it all. Now, so don't, again, don't think that you can't get blessed, though, too. Don't get into this misconception that I can't get blessed until, like, I have this position at work, right? Or I can't get blessed until I maybe complete school. I can't get blessed until things are right with my family. I can't get blessed until yada, 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 whatever you want to say. Whatever the perception you have in your head is a deceiver and a liar in your head. Because God can bless you right where you are because that is the only place that you can be. But again, though, we can't get that blessing from behind a disguise. We have to be honest with God as to who we are. So today, as we get ready to go into our prayer time, you've got the name tag Jacob. You've got it. It's time to get a new name tag. We're going to wrestle with God for the next 30 minutes. And don't let go until he blesses you. And when you get that blessing, you come up and you receive your new name. I've got a stack here of hello, my name is blank and a sharpie. And we're all going to get new names today. Your new name could be redeemed, chosen, forgiven, healed, blessed, favored, triumphant. But that is who you are. So accept your new name today during this next 30 minutes as we go into this prayer time. Again, God wants to bless you, so don't let go until he does. So during this prayer time, come up, write down your new name, right? Put it maybe over your Jacob. No, don't put it over your Jacob. Put it on the other side. Or actually what you can do too, what I, I'm going to probably say this again at the end though. Come up, write your new name. Write out whatever name that God has given you, that who you are, to give you your identity. Take your Jacob name and that new name and stick them back to back. And then keep that in your Bible. Keep that in your purse. Keep that in your wallet. Keep that in your pants. Wherever. So that you can always come back to it and remember who you were, but then more importantly, who you are in the eyes of God. Because that's the most important thing. Don't get tricked and deceived by the enemy as to who he tries to manipulate and say who you are. <laughs>